I believe it is critical that you live a fully expressed life while you are building your business. I don't believe in the hustle burnout mode and then eventually I will live a life. In today's episode, we are joined by Laura Wright, an author, speaker, growth strategist, and master sales coach. She has closed a cool $43 million and then some over the past 20 years and is the founder of Epic at Sales. But for a time, her life was anything but Epic. Let's go behind the scenes. Welcome to Energetic Intelligence for Entrepreneurs, the podcast that guides spiritually curious professionals like you into soul-inspired success without sacrificing who you are to get there. Creative pursuits with impact, expansion through alignment, personal growth for professional gains. With your host, Beth Perry. You know, it's hard to be fully self-expressed if you don't know what your success superpower is. Luckily, we have a fun and easy quiz that helps you discover just that. We've been told the results are wildly accurate and even better than some paid assessments. Click the link in the show notes for more. So we are here with Laura Wright today. I am so excited for this conversation. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Bethany. I'm so happy to be here. Amazing. Well, I really want to give our listeners a chance to get to know you, the woman behind this incredible company that you, you've built by digging into how did this all start? If we can go back to where your journey at being such an expert at sales started. Okay. So I will attest to this. I am the natural salesperson. I was not the one who was like selling the candy bars and you know, like when you were a kid, but I understood how to cultivate moments where I got everything I wanted. So my sales journey began very, very young, but I will say, I remember being in college and I had a professor who said something to me and he made a comment that I think changed a lot of the direction of my life. I was going to school to be an artist. FYI, I have a degree in sculpture. That's fun. Um, and he basically said, cause I asked the question, what am I going to do with this degree? Because I think things should have purpose. And he said, well, basically you either need to get famous, which you won't, or you need to marry a rich man. And I thought that's not acceptable to me. Marched out of his office, went across the street, changed my major. But what I want you to hear in that was it kind of began my journey, even at like 18 towards the life of an entrepreneur. So I've been doing this for that long. I've had clients like the big names like Exxon Mobiles and Staples. And I did lots of live events and big things for other people. But for the last, I want to say, when was 2007 is when I started doing everything all on my own. So I've had many, many, many years of doing sales and doing them in a big ticket way. I love that. And I also know Spoiler alert, guys. Laura has evolved over the years. She has shifted industries and and had success in multiple areas. But at the core of it, it's, I believe, from watching this and, and knowing you for years now, that it's just been an evolution of you. It's expanded. You didn't change who you were as much as you became more of who you were. And 2008 was a big part of your story that I'd love to hear more about. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I did glaze over. I went from college to where I am today, but in the journey there, I actually started a real estate investment company. We started that back in 2002, I think. I'm going to get the times not exactly on track, but basically where I was is 
I had left my job. Um, I guess I need, you need to go back one more step. So we all remember 9-11, those of us who grew up during that time. And at the time I was not in a good space. I had split with someone over the summer. I was unhappy in my job. I was overweight. I just wasn't feeling what I thought life was supposed to be. And when 9-11 happened, I was working for this company doing live events and everything got shut down. And so I was given myself the gift of releasing from working in corporate. So I left, I stepped off the corporate track. And when I stepped off, I realized I should go back and finish my degree in sculpture because that felt fun. But in the midst of that, I had a moment where I was like, I need to find a way to earn income and be more of what I want to be. So I created a real estate investment company with my mom and a few other people as my business partners. And for years, we bought and sold and renovated and ran a multi-million dollar real estate investment company. And what I thought I was doing was the right thing by following all the rules, which is funny because I'm not usually a rule follower, uh, being ethical in how we bought and sold houses, being mindful on our budgets. And then 2008 bubble hit. And what's really interesting is I've been thinking about this time for a while is I was really on a, I believed I could just keep going. And then there wasn't actually a real estate bubble. I didn't believe that things were bad because I don't choose to live in the land of reality with everybody else. And yet everything kind of rolled over. But what I now know is because what ended up happening was we lost everything like foreclosed houses. I ended up, I was like about $550,000 worth of debt business partnership destroyed all the things that could go. But what I now know looking back is this, when you say I'm just becoming more of me, I wasn't actually being myself. I built something that wasn't in my heart. It was in my head and it was what I thought I should do, but it wasn't like a sole purpose kind of business. And when I was able to really acknowledge that, it has opened up the doors for me to create a very successful business. I'm actually entering a new partnership that I know is going like we're legitimately starting out already profitable and successful, even at a beginning. So yeah, that's the little story of 2008 kind of rocked my world, but it also gave me permission to have everything I wanted. I love how you framed that. It wasn't you becoming more of you. It was that you hadn't been being fully in the path that you connect with. And I think that 2020 did that for a lot of people as well, where people lost jobs unexpectedly or had to shift how they were doing jobs, how they were running their businesses. If they're, you know... School systems change. I mean, everything changed. Everything that people thought was predictable became unpredictable. Certainty is a human need that we all have. And sometimes we put, we think we have certainty somewhere, but then when it gets uncertain, it's how we handle and navigate that uncertainty that I think is a make or break experience in a lot of people's stories. You know, I remember you left me a voice message in uh, right after 2020, it really touched my heart when you said that, you know, the work that we had done when I was coaching you previously was a big part of you being centered, grounded, knowing who you were and tapping into emotional intelligence and navigating your mindset and your communication, which you're an expert communicator anyway, but staying in your truth instead of going into panic and back into your head. And what should I do? It's, what am I called to do? And you really followed that and led your clients through in a really powerful way. So I think it's just incredible. And now just to get a little more behind the scenes for our listeners about 
the personal side of your life. So you run these epic companies and do you have a personal life is a question a lot of people (laughs) think when you get successful, do you not have a life? So I'd love for you to share what your personal life Mm. encompasses and how you navigate professional Laura and personal Laura. Yeah, I it's but I love that you're asking this question. And P.S. The work that we did did truly contribute to the 2020 crazies that I watched everyone kind of start to flip out and pivot and everyone go haywire. I actually doubled down on being centered and grounded. So I do want to say thank you on all of those tools because I use them um, in personal life. I have to share this. So I believe it is critical that you live a fully expressed life while you are building your business. I don't believe in the hustle burnout mode. And then eventually I will live a life. So I have to share Fridays are my, I, I like to say I have a corporate contract and I was like, um, I have a standing appointment on Friday. Do you know what my standing appointment is? My husband and I get to spend the day together and we go out for glorious lunches and have champagne in the middle of the day. So living a full life is important. I know I start my days at 10 a.m. for work because I want to get my munchkin to school and I want to have some space in the morning to drink an extra cup of coffee and get my shower. And I refuse to have a business that is me bent to its will. And then I close my days by 4.30 every day because munchkin's home from school and I want to participate in our lives. So having a personal life, being able to be with my friends and my family. And I have to say, most of my friends are also my clients, which is very fun. So I get that double, double, but having a personal life, I think is critical. If you are only working for working sake, and I love my job, I don't even think it's a job. It's calling. I love what I do. I love who I work with and I need on and off switches so that I can be a full whole person. As someone, I have been your client as well. This is how we met way back when, I mean, entrepreneur times, what, you know, it just feels like forever in a good way. But I had signed up to have your support in helping me navigate sales. And it's never actually just about sales, side note, but you are so genuine. And I love that the example that you set, because I've seen you grow and expand and become more and more successful. And you didn't wait to have champagne with your husband until you got to a certain point, you did things like that all the way along. So I know that you walk the walk and I really love that. Thank you. And I also always have to share, um, I'm disconnected from what everybody else does in the regular job world. We retired my husband six, almost seven years ago now in part. So if you're going to have a kid and you maybe want to participate with them, but we just found that we could thrive better together. And I think that there's so many people that are waiting for that moment And I love that you don't do that either. Like you go for the thing that you want to create when you want to create it. And having that freedom is everything. I also think, you know, both of us have done bold things in our life. And when you take big, bold chances, not only do you get big, bold rewards, but I think it makes you calm actually, because I've fallen down flat. I think the lesson of 2008 gave me the gift of, when you hit what you perceive as the worst or the bottom, but you can recover from it, you are free to make any kind of choice you want to make. So those are things that I received from all of that. I love it. And I love to ask about people's personal definition of success. When we have guests come on that have a level of success that people are curious, inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> How did you make that happen? Especially when what you have might look similar to someone that's listening or watching. 
says, I want that. And if they're not quite there yet, for you specifically, I'm going to ask this question a little differently than I usually do. I'm really curious to hear how your definition of success has changed, especially we talk about that 2008, Laura, and now to current Laura, how has your definition of success changed? That's so, that's such a good idea. Uh, So number one, I used to be really, really driven by the numbers, like hitting monetary goals equaled success. And I think that's a really common place for people to go to. And I don't know exactly when it shifted for me, but I remember a couple of years back, probably 2017, I set a really high bar for myself and I love setting epic goals. That's one of the things I teach when it comes to sales, like shoot for the moon, hit the stars. We've heard all those phrases, but I always like to go as big as I possibly can because then I'll get mostly what I want. And I remember setting a really big goal and not hitting it. And that was kind of an uncommon thing for me because usually I set large goals in a way that when I fall short, I still get what I wanted. And somehow I did things a little differently. And I remember thinking, well, I'm exhausted right now. I did in 2018, I did 36 VIP days in a year like went back and counted it. That's a lot. And that was on top of full client roster. So my monetary success with my overworking didn't work for me anymore. So what I see for me is freedom is how I define how much success I have. Like, did I get the choice today to clear my schedule and do something I wanted? Did I get the choice today to talk with the people I wanted to talk with? I look also at like, can I buy what I want to buy? Like, I can't remember really the last time I had to look at a price tag on something and that has changed my life. But it's not always that I have the money in the bank account first. It means that I had to redefine how do I create? How do I manifest? And so now I go down the path of every time I want something, I get clear, I decide, I step forward and all the resources always show up. So for me, success is really wrapped around, am I doing the things that I desire to do? Do I have the space, time and freedom? And is my bank account full? I don't even have to really even worry if my bank account's full because what I understand again is if I'm living the life I want to live, if there's an experience I want and it requires money, I simply need to say yes to it, get in motion, and then the money also shows up. So that's how I see it. And the funny thing is shifting away from money as the goal and life experience as the goal has created so much more wealth in my life and so much more money. It's not even funny. I love that. Actually, on a client call yesterday that I was having. And we talked about reframing the question from, can I afford it to how can I afford it? And I think you live that. It's like, I see that. How can I create it? Even if it's not in a split second, it's okay if it takes a week or a month or a year, depending on the desire and and the alignment to it. But I think that's beautiful. Now, as you're creating these big goals that you go for and you seem to hit out of the park every time, even if it's not exactly how you planned on hitting them. I'd love to hear from you about the difference between energy or strategy. I know we need both, but which do you think is most important and why? Energy or strategy? (laughs) All energy. No. uh, Okay. Let me restate myself. It's not all energy. Here's what I do and I teach and I like for my clients to do. It's important for our human brains to have a strategy and to know a path we're going to follow. Because when we're unsure about that, we start to get wobbly and then we don't stay to the 
the true course that we need. What I also know is nothing ever goes as planned. So what I always do is I come up with the strategy and then I almost just like set it down and then I only follow my energy. And I want to give you an example. I, for about a year or so, did a lot of content marketing. It was great. We got a lot of clients and things and it worked and you're hearing me go, meh. And the person who helped me was magnificent, but I had this wavering moment of, am I needing to do this or not needing to do this? And so I decided to spend an entire year following doing only what my energy said. And the funny thing was, this was the year of 2020. And I made this decision in February and then the world changed. And so for the last year I've had, I had probably one of my highest grossing years I had a lot more ease and I made a decision to only follow my energy to the point of we're in the midst of, um, and depending on when you listen to this, it'll be true or not true. We're in the midst of promoting something and my team's like, Laura, we need an email. And I'm like, I'm not feeling it today. So I didn't send anything. And then just yesterday morning, I got this like little hit and this energy pop. And I was like, I know what I want to say. And we sent the email out and people purchased tickets. So I like to have the strategy to soothe my brain and then I completely set it down and I follow the energy. And what's great about that is it allows me to take inspired action. It keeps me from being rigid because I think you've probably experienced this in your clients. And I know I have, and all my clients have is when we set a rigid plan and we just follow the strategy and we don't take care of our inner work and our energy, it doesn't work. And then we get upset and sometimes upset at ourselves. And that's not anyone's fault. We just got too rigid and we didn't pay attention to spontaneity, to curiosity, to inspired action. And those are the things that really bring the results that we're looking for. I love that approach and how you really broke it down that it's not that you don't have a strategy and it's not that you ignore your strategy. What I'm hearing from you is create the strategy, but follow it in an inspired way instead of a rigid way. Bingo. Yep. That's beautiful. Where people get stuck is when they're only following their energy, but they're not sure of what their endpoint is. The way I always like to say it is like, let's say you want to get to Florida. I can help you get to Florida, but only if we know where you're starting from. And most people, what they do is they either don't know where they're starting from, or they're not sure where they're going. And they're following this strategic pathway that would be great if they were trying to go from Ohio to Florida, but they're in Spain. And they're trying to get to Florida and their path cannot get them there because it's not starting where they need to start. So I think it is, again, critical to have the strategy, but using energy and alignment to follow it, that's what unlocks and makes everything work. I am just soaking in all of the wisdom. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being so clear and confident in your mission and, and how you share it. there's a power to how you show up that I really respect. And I also know that for all of us, as we step into our power, we have obstacles, we have challenges. And so if you would share so that our audience can really be reminded and inspired that if you're facing a challenge in, in your life right now, that every person that you look up to that has success in a way that you desire has had challenges, even if they're not exactly the same as yours. So Laura, if you would share a story that pops into mind for you as something that used to hold you back from being fully in your power as much as you are now. It's so funny. I have these moments where when you 
clear and heal so much. You're like, how do I go back to that? I don't even remember who that person is. So I think a few things stand out, little touch points. I remember the very first time I I used to do done for you sales for a lot of high power, multi-seven figure business owners, a lot of people that you probably see online today. And I remember that moment where I switched because I hit a ceiling and I couldn't do it. I couldn't grow anymore doing it for other people. I really needed to start doing for myself and teaching other people. And I remember that very first social media post I put out and how petrified I was about it. And I now look back and I'm like, (laughs) I click the go live button anytime I feel like I post when I feel like. So I remember like those little tiny minutia moments. And I also remember moments where like recently I just did a new photo shoot. And this is the very first time in my life where I love my images. I mean, I feel good about my body. I love what I'm looking at. I see my future self. And here's the irony. I am technically not in the best shape of my life, but I feel better about myself. And I think what I want everyone to hear in that is sometimes we use different places of holding ourselves back because we don't think we're already there. And what I've started to learn to to know is I'm already there. I also know this. I, a couple of years back, struggled with some anxiety and it's not something that was familiar to me. It's not something that I had, I maybe back in like college, I had some things go on and Hey, it might seem like from the perspective right this minute that I've had this beautiful, perfect life. Not true. I think everybody has their things, but I remember a couple of years back when it showed up for me and it really started affecting my personal life as well as my business. My husband even said, I feel like I don't know who you are right now. And instead of letting that spiral, I did what I do in my business and my personal life. When I'm stuck, I find an expert who can support me to get unstuck. And I went and I did some therapy. We did some really cool things and I moved myself through it. So what I want everyone to kind of hear is when you resist something, it persists. And when you're burying your head in the sand and pretending like something's not happening, that energy, just like we were talking about energy and strategy, which one's more important? The energy of what's actually happening is what's going to come out. So my recommendation is address things as fast as you can to help yourself move through them and give yourself some grace while you're doing it. Such valuable advice. And I know, for example, using my energetic intelligence blueprint, there's very specific bridges that I help people walk over. When we're looking at sales, what I see typically is while there are all these overlapping factors that make us as individuals very unique. When it comes to sales, you have to get your emotions. Like you talked about posting that very first one, you had nerves and it was scary and like, oh my gosh, it's a big deal. So you had to know how to navigate your emotions and there's a response emotionally to either contract or expand. And it's not always comfortable when it's something new. So at one point, this social media post was new and that you chose to expand and that's a decision. So it's our emotions and our behaviors. That's the bridge where we really start tapping into more abundance. And that's where, for those of you that know the energetic intelligence blueprint, if you look at that part of your life, if you do some work in those key areas, it will help support your sales specific things combined with strategy, of course, to a point, but the energy, the emotion and the the decisions that you're making, the behavioral piece, which is decisions and actions. So that's the first bridge. And then the next bridge, once we get over to the other side of behavioral, where we go into relationships, that's where confidence comes in. You can go from being where Laura was, taking that next step that's new and scary, 
and get to the point where now she's crossed multiple bridges in the energetic intelligence blueprint. I just think your story highlighted that so beautifully. And so when we look at the personal growth, the personal development that entrepreneurs go through on their journey in their professional lives, what's an example of a time where you overcame a challenge, like a, you, you had a personal breakthrough Mm. that led to a business result? Ooh, yes. Um, all of them? Is that? Is that all of them? <laughs> yes, uh, that's, actually... a, that's how I love it. <laughs> I but it's specific story. It's specific. Okay, so running a business is the biggest personal development journey. I think one of the things that really stands out for me is recovering from something not working. I did a live event quite a few years ago that did not go the way I wanted it to go. I will say this, my version of it not going well to a lot of other people probably would have been great success. But for me, it did feel like I let myself down. I let my team down. Things didn't work. And so me being able to address, look at that, redefine it, and then decide what I wanted to do differently and be able to give myself the space of healing. I think that's like a key that I know you've supported me with this and you support your clients with, which is almost dispassionately seeing what happened so you can get to the heart or the truth of the matter. I remember having almost like PSTD after doing a live event that didn't turn into what I wanted. And it's interesting because I've had an experience where I then decided to do a business that didn't have any live events. That didn't feel good either. So I've been re-exploring what's that look like for me as opposed to cutting it off and saying, I can't do that. And things not going well sometimes make us feel like we want to quit. So what's a time in your business that you felt like you wanted to quit and why didn't you? I feel like I've had minor moments of wanting to burn it down. We've had those moments of like, I call it burning down, but I actually have never wanted to quit. And it's because I have one important thing and it's no different than anybody else. I just made a decision when I stepped off the corporate ladder that I was going to figure this out and there was no other chance that it wouldn't be figured out. So even, and I think like the, I won't quit is a great thing, but I also know why in 2008, when my real estate business fell apart, I got a gut check and a hit that I needed to stop what I was doing and do something different about a year and a half before everything went down. And I didn't listen to it because my I will not quit overrode in a negative way. So why I bring that up is because I think there was a lesson that I had to learn about commitment. The way I see commitment is, and I always get this wrong, commitment is a verb, like an action word for me. It's not a final thing. So like in my marriage, every single day, I almost like to call it the word recommitment. I recommit to everything in my life. I am constantly evaluating, does this stick? Does this say, no, it doesn't. And that has helped me go past the point because when I get into the, I will not quit place, it blocks me when there are some things that no longer need to be a part of my life. So I haven't had an, I want to quit. I've definitely had some, I want to burn it down because you get those frustrating moments. But when I need that tool, I step back into, well, what do I need to keep? And what do I need to release? I also think that dealing with the small things, and I love how you teach everything is dealing with that little thing. We don't need to go from 
one to 10. Like if you're feeling like a one and everything's terrible, you don't need to always get to a 10. Sometimes one and a half just gives you enough relief that you can maybe get to a two and then a four, and then you can get where you need to go. And so I really pay attention to when I want to stop or when something's not going right, how can I make it just a little bit better? And that little shift usually gives me big relief and gets me to a better place more quickly. When your body, when your central nervous system is calmed down and your emotions are in a better place, then you can make better decisions. It was brilliant how you just described your approach to commitment and recommitment. I I think I'm going to use that in my own life as what am I really committed to? Is it my business plan or is it being an entrepreneur and being fully self-expressed? Is that what I'm committed to? So if I change my program setup, which I definitely did earlier this year, I closed out all the multiple pieces that I had going on and and created a really up-leveled experience that is matching how much I've grown and shifted. You know, you talk about in the beginning of our conversation, how important that it is to have your life feel good and your business feel good. So I know we have to wrap up. It's been such an incredible conversation. I'd love to have a little fun because I'm nosy and like to know just some rapid fire questions that I'm going to ask a quick question and you give me a quick reply. Does that sound fun? It does. (laughs) Okay. What profession other than your own do you think it would be fun to try? Uh, for some reason, talk show host just popped in my head. Okay. So I guess that must be something. (laughs) Ooh. Well, if 10 years from now you have a talk show or a year from now, I know how fast you move. If a year from now you have a talk show, we'll be like, this is where it started. (laughs) Let's bookmark that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. So give us a glimpse of your morning routine. Yeah. So, um, it's funny. Our kiddo doesn't sleep very well, but I will say it's much better now, but we, I need to naturally wake up when I wake up to an alarm. It doesn't matter what time it is, it's not great. So we get up around six to six 15, go downstairs. Uh, we let the pups out. I usually make breakfast for my husband and I, because he is a retired private chef and makes all of our meals. And so I can heat up breakfast. I can do that little part. (laughs) We then sit in our sitting room and drink some coffee while our kiddo watches some cartoons and eats his breakfast. And then we pop into the car, drive him to his private school where he is flourishing. And I'm grateful that he has a school open. Uh, we come back, we walk the dogs and then I get time for a shower. I usually either read a little bit of a book, have a little bit of more coffee. And then I sit down and start my day and see what I need to do for my clients. That's my morning routine. And I'm usually at the desk around 10. So six to 10 gives me the spaciousness. And that's what I want you to hear. We use space. Uh, we could probably get stuff done in 15 or 20 minutes. And I like to give myself an hour so that I don't feel rushed paced. Love that. Okay. Next question. Coffee or tea? Coffee. (laughs) There's an espresso machine on my desk. (laughs) (laughs) So definitely coffee, 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 coffee. What is something you get embarrassed about? Oh, uh, (laughs) my tummy. Oh, I think it's, I, I realized that I was wearing, I'm excited to go to the pool this year and I, I'm in my forties. So I like my tummy covered. Uh, so I don't always love when I feel it. Hmm. I didn't realize I thought about that. I like this rapid fire Hmm. thing. Yeah. Well, what's really interesting too, is that I, I picked up on how lovingly you said that, like, Oh, my tummy. (laughs) And you know, some people might be like, Oh my gosh, let me tell you what I hate about myself. And that 
isn't what I mean by that question. We all have things that embarrass us. And and I think it really humanizes us. So I love the rapid fire. And I love how loving you were about the thing that embarrasses you right now. What is your go-to keep your cool practice or technique when you are in an intense business situation? Ooh, okay. So twofold, never underestimate taking a deep breath because I find like if I'm holding it in, I get tenser. So a deep breath. The other thing that I've learned over the years is it's never about me. And so I can try to stay into a compassionate space when a client or a team member or somebody is having some struggle. Great advice. (laughs) Taking a deep breath helps even when you're in a good place. Love it. We're going to have to have another conversation and maybe bring this new business partner in at some point where we can go more into sales specific type things for our audience. But again, it is so much of the, who are you being when you're selling that's important. And I love that they got to, to see who you be, but let's give one really important tip to help our listeners with sales. Okay. I will tell you the number one thing. Um, there's like 27 of them, but here's the first number one. People will buy what you are selling. And here's what I mean by that. I had a client who showed up and she was selling this thing for 150 euros a month for a three-month program. And it was sucking her dry. And she's like, but Laura, that's what people are paying. And I said, no, that's what you're selling. So we shifted her offer. We took out a lot of stuff actually, because she was over delivering, over giving to a point that didn't serve anyone. We repackaged it. It's 4,500 for three months. And I promised her the people around her would buy this. And so of course it worked. She went out, she made the offer and people said yes. And she was stunned. But what I want you to hear is this, what you say on a sales call is the offer that someone can say yes or no to. So make certain that you are asking for the amount that gives you a fair value exchange that honors your time, your talent, everything of who you be and deliver it in the way that you know will give you the best and them the best. That's what people will buy. If you sell a hundred dollar thing, they will buy a hundred dollar thing. I sell a hundred thousand dollar program and people buy my hundred thousand dollar program. It's not my only offer, but what I sell is what people buy. So remind yourself of that. That is gold. Love it. So final question. If people want to connect with you, where is the one place online that you spend the most time? Mm, where? So I am very rarely online. <laughs> <laughs> um, probably in my Facebook group, uh, which we are actually changing the name to, but I'm sure it'll work when you go there. But I think the place that if you want to come find me, you should go to my website because I also have a free book and my book allows you to really get access to taking action and getting yourself into an income rise. And you can come hang out in our Facebook group because I do a lot of lives when I do them. That's where I am. And uh, my sense is this, I'm a real life human being. If you private message me and say hello, I will respond and say hello back. Well, I'm so excited to get to introduce you to our our listeners today and really appreciate you spending the time and sharing your brilliance. You are a treasure. I am so glad to be connected with you and I'll look forward to hopefully making more magic happen together in the future. (laughs) I know we will. And thank you, Bethany. I'm so grateful to be here. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and remember... It's great to have someone tell you what worked for them, but it's better to have someone show you what will work for you. Until next time, 
I believe in you.